My Mac Podcast number 227, sponsored by Otherworld Computing. Got a big crew, a lot of stuff to talk about. Stay tuned. You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And it's time to record the MyMac.com podcast. I am Tim Robertson, the host of the show. And before we introduce everybody else, I want to remind every listener out there, if you haven't done so already, go up to the iTunes listing for MyMac.com's podcast and uh, rate the show for us. Give us a review. We're trying to boost those numbers up, and hopefully the, the more people who review the show... Uh, maybe eventually we'll get featured on the iTunes main page. So we'd really appreciate it if you would do that. So uh, joining us today is Guy Searle, David Cohen, and Mark Rudd. We'll start with you, Guy Searle. How are you this week? Oh, I'm doing really, really good. I missed you guys last week. Yeah, we missed you too, man. I hope uh, everything's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, so, you know, the it's just a lump. It wasn't stuff. a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> so how are you doing, David Cohen? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, nothing, yeah. Uh, nothing different, nothing new. You got no, stuff. You, you, st- you got stuff you want to give away to the UK listeners, right? But yeah, but because the Ustream feed is down, I don't think it's going to work tonight. I think we'll leave it till next week. Okay. Well, we could do something on Twitter if you want. I mean, it depends on how much stuff you have that you want to give well, away. Well, I've got I've got plenty of stuff here. So so yeah, if, if first person who hears the show in the UK and sends me an email. In fact, anywhere in Europe, it doesn't matter. Um, send me an email, and uh, if you want uh, either a, uh, an iPhone 3G case or a, uh, I have a case here for the Nano 4G, send me an email, davidkine at mymac.com, and the first email I get, I will, uh, I'll send it out to you. Do you want to uh, make it a code word so they have to put a code word in the, the subject line? That way that, you know, you're keeping them honest. You know that they actually listen to the show. Uh, okay, yeah. I think we should have a code Watermelon. <laughs> All right, that'll do. Watermelon. Put watermelon, watermelon. in the subject line. Yeah. First one who sends David Cohen an email with watermelon in the subject line wins. So yeah. that's cool. So, Mark Rudd, okay, you're joining well, us this week. Yeah, it's great to be here tonight, Tim. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. You got a new mic there. What you using? Yeah, this is the, uh, the new MXL Studio One condenser mic, and it's a USB mic. Uh, professional level that uh, MXL, which is a division of Marshall Electronics, we're uh, giving it a run through for my Mac. We'll be posting a review up, uh, hopefully sometime soon. And uh, so far, so good. Cool. How's it sound? It sounds pretty good to me. Uh, I, I don't hear any faults with it. And of course, David Cohen, we're going to see about getting you a new microphone as well. I've had complaints. Yeah, you sound. It doesn't sound as good as it could, um, and I think it's because of the headset microphone set that you're using. Yeah. So uh, I think we're gonna probably get you what one of the blues. That's the idea. Um, certainly want to give one of those a try. So John Nemo is going to see if he can sort that out for us. So uh, let's start here. If you remember last week's show, uh, and it was a long show, granted, uh, I talked about cracks developing in my daughter's MacBook. Yeah, and I had to go to the Apple Store in Grand Rapids, and hopefully they, you know, they were going to get it fixed for us. Still under warranty. Uh, I take it up there, and uh, as I'm sitting in the parking lot because I was a little bit early, I noticed that the bottom of the MacBook is cracked as well, 
And as I rub my finger over it, it feels kind of like a dimple, like something inside the MacBook has been pushing out and is cracking the bottom of the case. Hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is just not good at all. This is less than a year old MacBook, almost a year, but, but still under a year. So it's still under warranty. Um, this is just not good. There's got to be some kind of a reason that this thing is acting really weird and it's cracking. And so I take it into Apple and this is Saturday, remember? And, uh, they look at it and they're like, yeah, it's nothing that we can fix here on site. We're going to have to send it out. And I'm like, mm. well, my daughter's going to, you know, hate that. So, mm-hmm. but it, 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 you know, it has to be done and we got to do it now. So we get it, uh, you know, all the information typed up. Apple takes the computer and says, we'll ship it to you and, you know, to, to your home address when it's done. So I come back and I give the bad news to my daughter. Uh, and there's a follow-up to this story, by the way. That was Saturday. On Wednesday, yesterday, the MacBook shows up via FedEx. Excellent. That is amazing turnaround, people. I mean, think yeah. about this. That means, because there's no shipping on Saturday. No, and and that's what the the genius at <laughs> almost sounds like I'm being facetious. Uh, the genius at the <laughs> that's what at that the genius, Apple that's what that genius, genius at said. Apple. Yeah, <laughs> what a guy. He said it will it will get shipped out Monday. So I got home and I told my daughter. I said um, they'll ship it out Monday. It's probably going to take a couple days to get to the repair shop. It'll get put into the queue. Um, They'll probably get to it like Wednesday or Thursday. They'll probably fix it. They'll probably ship it out Friday, which means you'll probably get it back next Monday or Tuesday. Well, that's not what happened. What literally happened was they they shipped it out Monday. The repair center got it on Tuesday, fixed it on Tuesday, and shipped it out on Tuesday. And we got it first thing Wednesday morning. Did they replace the entire case? They replaced the the bezel. uh, Any plastic piece from the monitor down. Is all brand new. It even okay. has that new MacBook smell. You know that new plasticky smell. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like the new car, but better. My uh, my daughter says. Well, I didn't tell her when she got home from school. I just let her go up because I took it upstairs and unboxed it and set it on her bed. And it, she just squealed. She was just so pleased. And she comes <laughs> I was out, about to ask. Awesome. She comes was down the and crazy squeal of, of teenage delight. It's it's the. You can't imagine, Guy, what it's like for a, a teenager nowadays to be without Facebook and and the Gmail chat. Did you know that's a big thing now, guys? People are using their Gmail account to chat with people. Hmm. That's what, the big thing. Like, like I am. Yeah, it's it's a little I am yeah. client built right into right. Gmail. When you sign into your Gmail account, if you you can actually set it up so it will read your AIM account as well, which is your iChat stuff too. So you yeah. can see everybody, and you can chat in um, a little pop-up window there. And and she uses it all the time. She really, really loves it. So she was, you know, ecstatic to get it. Um, so my hat's off to Apple for an incredible turnaround. That's just amazing. Now, are you sure it's actually the same computer? Absolutely, absolutely sure. Yeah. There was a little scratch on the top case that I noticed, and I yeah. kind of told myself as I was sitting in the car waiting to go into the to the Apple store, I'm going to look for this little scratch right here, and if it's not there, I know it's a different computer. And yeah. that scratch was still there. And the work order said what you know the three pieces that they changed. And she asked me, my daughter, is this a new computer? And I said, no. And she goes, well, it feels, I don't know, like it's tighter or something. <laughs> yeah. I said, no, it's, it's not a brand new one. But. That's like new. That's like tennis shoes. When you buy them and you were a kid and you got a new pair of tennis shoes, you were just sure you could run faster in them, you know? 
Now, now, given given that experience, Tim, and the fact that you obviously these cracks have developed, are you thinking about taking out Apple Care on the machine? So I would like three to, years but, rather than run twelve months. Yeah, but you know, I just can't swing two hundred fifty bucks right now for just one machine, and I have three of those machines. Yeah, and you buy, almost buy a new MacBook. For yeah, at seven hundred fifty bucks, it's like man, I, I could save seven fifty, and you know, for nine ninety nine, I can get a machine that's you know not quite twice as fast, but is a good speed bump, has a better graphic card in it, um, is on par with the new aluminum MacBooks. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yep. I I find it, but here's the problem, and and I know you can understand this, David. When it happens, and one of these machines will go bad, I won't yeah. have the nine ninety nine to go buy. You know, that's right. Yeah. So I'll kick myself at that point. Uh, I mean, so it is a, on the MacBooks. It's a tough call because of the price point. I mean, on on my on my seventeen inch MacBook Pro, I. I mean, I, I bought it off eBay rather than buy it from Apple, so I got it got it for less than the, the full price for the MacBook Pro. Um, Apple Care is really quite expensive. I can't believe um, it's two hundred and fifty dollars for Apple Care for it. I understand that it's a it's a portable. People take it all over the place, so the chances of it, you know, having something bad happen to it. Um, is a lot higher than say an iMac, but still, and also it's it's a worldwide warranty for the for the portables rather than the desktops. Because yeah. obviously you, you might be overseas, but nevertheless, you know, yeah, it, it's still um, it's still a, a lot of money. But you know, it's like all insurance. You know, it's only, it's it's always worth the money if you need it, and it's always a waste of money if you don't. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's the gamble. Now here's the flip. Here's the uh, the follow. Oh no, go ahead, Mark. Before I get to the follow up, go for it. An interesting story that happened um, as we're talking about Apple Care. I'm sitting in my living room last night. Uh, my wife and I were watching, getting ready to watch Lost. Phone rings, and uh, my son brings the phone out and says, "It's Apple for you, Dad." I go, "What?" <laughs> yeah, uh, woman they by the name you of down at last. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a woman by the name of Deborah. I said, "Deborah, yeah." So I so I answer the phone and. And she goes, hi, this is Deborah, the customer service rep. Uh, when you bought your uh, MacBook Air, yeah. Um, well, I just wanted to let you know that uh, your 90-day warranty is almost up. We wanted to find out if you're interested in buying your Apple Care. Now, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have never had Apple call me back on buying. You know, they've always, if you've called in for service and they've noticed that you didn't have it for a particular unit, they'd talk to you about it then. And I said, well, you know, Deborah. Why are you guys calling me here at my house at you know nine o'clock at night? Um, this is something new. She goes, well, we're con- you know we're c- kind of uh, condensing and uh, streamlining, and we're we're trying to you know go out and you know I'm trying to pay for my job in essence is what she said. So there's some some changes kind of underfoot in there, and so they're trying to go out and bring in a little bit more business for Apple Care, and then of course she told me that Apple Care for my macbook air 180 dollars because i get the educational discount and uh you know so i'm going to be buying that but i just i thought it was really uh, interesting here's apple calling up customers to try and sell it to them where i think that's smart though and especially yeah, in this economy yeah even if it, i have to imagine that apple care is a profit center for apple just like any kind of extended warranty at any company but with Apple Care, it really—if you have an expensive machine and you don't have a lot of disposable income—Apple Care is pretty much essential. If if you plan on keeping that computer for more than a year, right. um, I don't usually keep too many of my computers for that long, uh, more than two years usually. I usually upgrade, but you know, sometime in there. But my MacBook Pro, for instance, I've had it for three years now, and uh, I it's 
other than a hard drive problem, it's still going strong. Uh, although I am looking to upgrade now. Yeah. yeah. So just uh, just just before we move off that topic, I'm looking at um, there's a seller on eBay called MacMan812, uh, and he he has um, Apple Care for the MacBook called the MacBook Air for $130 by now. Wow. So it's half the price. I wonder how he gets it so cheap. I don't know, but uh, this is where I got mine from um, for the uh, 17-inch MacBook Pro. I had no problem registering it with Apple, uh, and um, you know it's all it's all above board. If you if you can, if the the serial they send you works on Apple's online system, then you're good to go. Huh. Give that know. website again, Dave. That's uh, the sellers the sellers MacMan812 on eBay. Uh, I'll send you a link to it, Mark. Um, and yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll stick it in the show notes, Tim, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Send me uh, a link directly to that seller's page, and we'll definitely put it in there. Now, I was going to say, you might want to wait until you get uh, possibly get your Apple Care for your for your three <laughs> MacBooks before you link that. Um, <laughs> no, he's got, he's got 10. He's got yeah, more than 10. I, I'm not available. sure, and he's not the only one selling them up on eBay either. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Uh, so now the follow-up story to that is, since my daughter is... You know, very, very much into I want to be able to chat with my friends. And she does a lot more with her MacBook. You know, all of her pictures are on there. She's doing video stuff and iMovie. She uses that computer quite a bit, not just the the Internet connectivity stuff that you would think a teenager mostly wants. And that's true, too. But what's really going to kill her, I knew, would not be able to get online. Now, she can obviously use my laptop when she's down here occasionally. She could jump on the iMac. She could probably borrow my wife's computer. But that's not really what she wants to do. She wants to be up in her bedroom chatting with her friends from school. And I understand that. So one of the things that I got in for review from newer tech, newer technology, uh, other world computing, and uh, I don't know if you remember this, Mark. It was from... Uh, uh, it's a Max Power 802.11 GNB wireless USB 2.0 stick adapter. Mm-hmm. Almost ran out yeah. of I almost ran out of oxygen trying to get the whole. <laughs> Jeez, oh, yeah. Exactly. Um, <coughs> left out the serial number. Yeah. So it, well, all this is, is it's, it's it's basically like an airport card, but it's the same size as like a thumb drive that you can buy a thumbstick, like a USB one. Yeah. That's all it is. So I took this, and it says for USB 2.0. Well, I've got a Lombard PowerBook, and that only has USB 1.1 on it. So I thought, well, you know what? That that Lombard, the battery doesn't work anymore, so you have to have it plugged in. But she's not going to care because she's sitting in her bedroom, and it can be plugged in. The problem with that Lombard is it doesn't have a wireless card in it, and there's no way in hell I'm running an Ethernet cable (laughs) all the way upstairs. just not going to happen. No. But every other computer that I have in this house, with the exception, no, every every Mac I have in this house that's in operation has a wireless card built in. So what am I going to test this thing on? The Lombard is a perfect computer, except it doesn't have USB 2.0. So I thought, what the hell, I'm just going to go ahead and install the software and plug this thing in and see if it works. And I did, and it did. It worked great. Oh, that's uh, obviously, the the Lombard PowerBook is a 300 megahertz, or maybe it's 400. I think it's 400 megahertz. Uh, I think the G3. Lombards were 350s or 400s. Yeah, this one's a 400, because when I bought it, it was top-of-the-line Lombard. Okay. Um, it looks like a, a, a great computer still. I mean, it's not dinged up or scratched. and every, It just works, except for the battery. And I keep thinking, maybe I'll just get a new battery for it. But then I think it's a 300 
or a G3. It's you know, it's it's like seven yeah, years old at this point. Yeah, uh, older than that. That I think the Lombards were uh, 90, ninety-eight or ninety-nine. I think ninety-nine or two thousand. Okay, so um, it's almost ten, it's almost ten years yeah, old. Yes, it's 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 an aging. And I, quite honestly, if I bought a new battery for it, the battery would be worth more than the entire computer. Exactly, Probably. but yeah. it is running Tiger. I installed Tiger on that machine. Um, I actually had to. Uh, there was some kind of a trick that I had to do to get Tiger to install, and I don't remember what it was now. Um, because when you put when you put the Tiger disc in, it says it can't be installed on this computer because yeah, it didn't have need, something. You, you need right. ex post facto to uh, yes, to, that's to what get it was. Going, yeah. and, and and once Tiger was on there, it worked just fine. Wasn't the snappiest computer in the world? <laughs> no, <laughs> with no. Tiger. The U- so the USB stick is working on it. The USB stick worked just fine. Wow! And for internet connectivity, the the USB one point one port is just fine. That's awesome. Um, and now I'm, we're not getting n router speed, speed uh, but no. this card is only <laughs> uh, this thumbstick is G and B anyway, so it didn't right. make a difference. Well, well yeah. not only that, but your throughput on a USB 1.1 port is only going to be, I think, uh, 1.1 uh, megabits. Well, what it doesn't... It, I knew it wouldn't get end speed anyways. So yeah. but, right. uh, as long as she can get online and chat with her friends, and since that computer is running Tiger, it's going to have uh, a somewhat modern web browser. In fact, it had the latest, after I updated it, it had the latest Safari on it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't fast. And I, literally, when you launched Safari, it took about a minute and a half for it to launch. <laughs> you're sitting there going, wow, wow this is painfully so slow. But once it's running, st- it's fine. You're not going to be streaming HD video to that machine. No, not, not anytime soon. Definitely not. <laughs> but, you know, for, for what she wanted to do while her fine. computer was being repaired, it was, it was great. Are you kidding me? It was yeah. more than fine. Once everything was launched and it was running, uh, Safari was more than fast enough. It just took a long time to get you know to that point where it would actually launch. I think that that machine has like um, I want to say f- uh, half gig of RAM in it, five hundred twelve megabytes. Mm-hmm. But man, it's been so long since I cracked it open and looked at it myself. And after using the newer MacBooks and MacBook Pros for a long time now, you forget how tall and narrow that screen is on the Lombard PowerBooks. Yeah, it, it's almost stretched out too far to the top. We're used to the the widescreen now, and this is yeah. definitely not a widescreen. Yeah. Well, isn't that a twelve inch? Isn't that a no? It's a screen? no. It's a it's a fifteen inch screen, but it's it's fifteen inch more square than it is. Um, it's prob- probably more yeah, like fourteen inch, isn't it? Well, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any screen that if it's a if it says it's a you know a twenty four inch screen, if you actually measured it, it's not twenty four inches. It's always a little less. I don't know how they ever got away with that, but it's, that's been rampant in the computer industry forever. Uh, if you got a 13-inch yeah. uh, Apple screen, it was like 12.9 or something. It was always smaller. Yeah, diagonally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's a 40, yeah, it's a 14-inch LCD at 1024 by 7.6. That's what it was for, yeah. Yeah. And, and, but you know what, though? It, it worked. And that thing has sat dormant since I installed Tiger on it probably two and a half years ago. has never been booted up since then. And I tell you, I plugged it in, hit the power key, and it fired right up. Now, if I put Mac OS 9 back on that machine, it would be darn quick. I mean, it would be fast. It would yeah, be very responsive. But with Tiger on it, it's you know, it's it's it just doesn't have the horsepower that Tiger really requires. But for it's your just, purposes, it's great, you know. 
Yeah, it's just with OS 9, it's just unfortunate there aren't really any decent modern web browsers for OS 9 anymore. No. Uh, otherwise, it would, be, uh, it would be a really good system. It would be an absolutely great system if all you wanted to do was check email and browse some web pages. Exactly. Yeah, 14.1-inch screen. Was that what it was? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. But, you know, I have to say, and obviously this is just my backup machine, um, and it, it won't even be regulated to that if I update my uh, MacBook Pro, then I, I don't think my kids want to give up their MacBooks in exchange for my MacBook Pro, even though it's a much faster machine and it's got a bigger screen. They just really like their MacBooks. Yeah, and I think my wife also, she really likes her MacBook. I don't think she's going to want my old MacBook Pro, even though it's a lot faster, it's more powerful, it has, you know, it's just a better machine. Card. Yeah, it's just a ba- better machine all around. Um, I don't think anybody in the house is going to want to use it. Well, my five-year-old will, but she's not going to. <laughs> um, so I can use it as a Frisbee. Yeah, that's about it, too. So that's going to be kind of my backup machine if I upgrade to one of the new 15-inch MacBook Pros. I've been thinking about do I want to go with the 15-inch or the 17-inch. Um, so I, I want to throw that out to debate with you guys. Guy, let's start with you. What do you think, 17 or 15? Uh, it depends how you're going to use it. If if it's going to be a travel machine, then I would stick with the 15. If it's going to be, you know, e- even if it's going to be uh, the type of machine that you take on the road, but not necessarily use while actually physically traveling, but kind of a desktop replacement, then I'd go for the 17. Yeah, my 90% of the time I'm using that computer, it's literally sitting on my lap at the kitchen table in the right. kitchen. And, I'm, you know, I'm browsing the Internet. I'm writing on it. I, I do stuff like that. More space is better. What do you think, David Cohen? Well, I, I'd go with the 17 because you know that's what I'm using at home. I've got a, I've got a 15, a 15 inch Core Duo, which is the first generation one. They've got the 17 inch, which is a, a Core Two Duo, <laughs> and the 17 inch kind of sits on a desk and doesn't really move very often. And uh, I tend to use the 15 inch if I'm like uh, you know wandering around the house or in one of the different rooms. But certainly if, if it's if you are mostly going to use it a desktop replacement, no, well, it's not, not a desktop replacement. It's literally going to be sitting in my lap. Right. And I'm wondering, um, is a 17-inch just a little bit too wide to be sitting in your lap comfortably? Well, it depends how big your lap is, doesn't it? I, well, well, if you have to ask. <laughs> a guy, guy shared a hotel room with me. He knows. <laughs> um, I, I mean, what, 17, what, I, Tim. what I would get, I, I've, got a, um, I've got one of those Thermo, Thermopack um, pads on, on test at the moment. Um, and Which, that's, by the way, you guy, know, you didn't, you forgot to take from my house. The what? The laptop thing to go underneath the laptop that I gave you. When you're oh, here. Crap! You're right, 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 right. You, you this, grabbed this the is... color laser printer, but you didn't grab the the hundred dollar <laughs> cooling yeah. thing. Nice. Yeah, I just I just hooked up that laser printer to the network, so now everybody in the house can print from it. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I would. I mean, you're going to need something like that because they. I use, I don't, I use I don't, something like I don't that now. New ones like, but yeah, they they get they get a bit hot underneath. Yeah, well, uh, the, and the, that, that's a lot of surface area with the 17 inch. Well, with the 15 but, inch, I, I use something underneath, and I still use SMC fan control to, and I set my internal fans on that MacBook Pro to 3,000 RPM because standard is 1,000 RPM, which just doesn't cool it down. And then it starts getting loud because it gets too hot too quickly, and then they really start kicking out to like 4,500 RPM to cool it down quickly. So I use FM or SMC fan control 
and I set it standard at 3,000 RPM. It's not loud. It's still silent, but it keeps it nice and cool. The thing, the thing I what I would say about it, the 17 inch is, um, I've got mine plugged into a 20 inch um, cinema display, and what I like about the 17 inch over the 15 is that the resolutions of the screens are the same size. So if you move something from one to the other, it doesn't change size; it stays the same. That's and I find that really useful. What do you think, Mark? Do you think the new 17 inch MacBook Pro is uh, a better computer all around than the 15, or do you think the 15 is kind of the sweet spot? Well, I've had not the new versions, but I've I've had the MacBook 17 inch. I've had the 15 inch. Still have a 15 inch PowerBook MacBook Pro, um, and of course the, I've had the MacBooks and even the Air. And I have to say, the 17 inch when I had it, it was a great machine, but it just was not something that was very portable. Whether I was in my home or on the road, it just didn't. You couldn't get it in the places as comfortably as you can the the 15. To me, the the 15 has always been the sweet spot. Another thing with the 17-inch the now, of course, you have to make this determination if you're okay with the internal permanently installed battery. There, there's a lot of debate one way or the other. I don't really have a problem with it. Like you, I don't generally keep the systems that long where the shelf life of, they're saying, five years um, would come into play on that unit. So the 17-inch is tempting, but I think that the higher-end Uh, 15-inch MacBook Pro um, with a little bit more RAM and uh, a little bit more horsepower um, is the sweet spot. If I'm going to take it around the house, if I'm going to take it on the road, um, you know, it's obviously tempting to go with the 17-inch, but it's just not as, if if like Guy said and like David said, if you're using it for a desktop replacement, man, the 17, that's the one. Yeah, and I'm not using it as a desktop replacement. My my iMac is still going to be my primary computer. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards a 15-inch, max out the RAM, well, at least put four gigs in it, right. and get a a larger and faster 7200 RPM hard drive. Yeah. Um, like one nice of our machine. sponsors, uh, Trans International, has some really great prices for internal MacBook Pro hard drives. And uh, I, I might just get a hard drive from them. And replace the hard drive in it. You know, get like a 320 gig or maybe even a half gig or half terabyte drive. Hey, don't don't they have a 750 available now? Yeah, too? they From, do. I think but, Yamaha has one. Yeah, but here's the thing, guy. I don't keep a lot of stuff on my laptops. I try to keep them very slim. Yeah. Um, just the essentials. That's all I keep on there. Uh, you know, I keep my, you know, the standard stuff that the Mac OS comes with. But I also put in like, um, I don't put any pictures on it. Uh, I will put the Adobe Creative Suite on it. Uh, I'll put Microsoft's Office product, although I probably won't do that anymore. Um, yes, but that's work. about it. I mean, just the, the stuff that I need to be able to work at MyMac.com, an FTP client, that sort of thing. Uh, GarageBand, if I'm going to go somewhere and do a remote show where I'm going to plug in microphones. But other than that, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I keep it really... Sh- a kind of machine. trimmed down. Yeah, yeah. I don't put all the bells and whistles on it. Since see, Tim, what you're in your case particularly, and I think maybe for David and Guy as well, and for me now with the new 24 inch cinema display, um, you know, when you're using it as a desktop, it's going to be plugged into your display and all that. So it's you're not really going to you have a keyboard and all those other things. So it's really not going to be an issue. But when you go to your kitchen table or your living room, whatever, that 15 inch is is a lot more maneuverable and and placeable in your lap in various places. 
more so than the 17. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm I'm looking at. I wish I could use a 17 for a week and see if I like the size, and if I don't, just get the 15. But, you know, I don't have that option. Maybe if I go into Apple, an Apple store, I ask to borrow a chair and, and put the 17 in my lap, and I can make my decision that way. Because yeah. it, it literally, it's going to be in my lap uh, 90% of the time. The only time that I really take it... You know, as a portable is when I go to Macworld or something like that. Otherwise, I don't usually take my computer anywhere. Um, and now with my iPhone, I don't need to take my laptop if I'm going to be away just a couple days. Uh, if I'm going to be gone away from home, all I want is access to the Internet and my email. Guess what? My iPhone is more than capable of doing those. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. So I don't know. I'm thinking of the 15. Um, price point wise, it's a much better deal. Um, I don't really care about the user replaceable battery mark because even if it was replaceable by me, if the battery goes bad, I still have to go to Apple to get one. Right. And I'm in driving distance. Two different Apple stores are less than an hour away. So if my MacBook 15-inch battery that I can replace myself goes bad, I drive to Apple store. They check the battery. They pop a new one in. If I've got the 17-inch, same thing. I go to Apple Store. They check it. It's bad. They take it apart, pop the new one in, put it back together for me. And so, I really don't even think the battery is going to be an issue for most people, uh, depending on you know how long people keep these machines. If you're a professional and you're using it a great deal, you know you, you may be moving a new unit in before the. the I think the use of, I think pe- the the biggest reason people want to be able to replace the battery is so they can have multiple batteries when they're away from home and away from a power outlet for a, a length of time. If they're going to be in an aircraft for, you know, like David is going to come from um, London to San Francisco, yeah. it would be awful nice to have a couple, two or three laptop batteries so his computer can make the entire trip. Unless he's watching but, uh, movies, then it's still not going to well, make it. But, yeah, but the thing is there with the 17-inch, I mean, you, you doesn't, you've got no chance of opening a 17-inch on your exactly. lap in coach. No, absolutely not. You, yeah, it's, it's going to be and if you're in, And if you can afford the 17, maybe you can afford to fly first class. So, you know. <laughs> and then you can usually, have a couple. <laughs> well, not only that, but if you're flying either business or first class on, on most international airlines, you'll have a power outlet yeah, right there exactly. at your seat anyway. So um, I know you've got something that we're going to go into here, David, but I, I have a gripe to make. Um, but I, and I will say that the, the problem was corrected fairly quickly. I paid my Comcast bill last week, which is both my television and my internet connection. And, uh, I was like three weeks behind paying, <laughs> you know how that happens sometimes. Yeah. So I get my, I get my next bill and it's like 300 and well, I could tell you exactly how much, where's my thing at? And this is two months worth, too, guys. I mean, yeah, plus, you know, they, they hit you up with that stupid late fee. Well, I thought it was sitting right here, and it's not. Because um, I think people... 300 would, something, huh? Uh, it was $343.08. Mm. That's expensive. Woof. Yeah, woof. Yeah. So I, uh, I wake up this morning, and I turn on the TV, and I can see what's on. You know, the, the listings are all there, but I'm not getting a channel. I said, well, that's kind of weird, but we did have some thunderstorms run through last night, more high winds than rain. So I fire up the internet, and no internet. Hmm, kind of weird. So I call Comcast thinking, you know, it's probably just some kind of a power outage somewhere, and I'm just not going to get it for a couple hours, no biggie. Hopefully it'll be back on before we have to do the podcast tonight. I call Comcast, and they say, "Uh, yeah, we're showing that this was a disconnect. Really? Uh-huh. Why, why Why? was I disconnected? I just paid you guys last week. 
well, we show that uh, on the 10th, uh, payment was applied. I was like, well, great, that was two days ago. Obviously, I'm, I'm not behind. Well, it was only $43.08. Oh, wait a minute. So when I pay bills, I put everything into a FileMaker database So for exactly yeah. this reason. So I pull up my FileMaker database. I'm like, how much did you say was applied? And, he, and the guy said, uh, $43.08. I was like, dude, I sent you $343.08. So someone in your billing department mistyped. They didn't put the three at the beginning. Hmm. Well, let me get you to the billing department. Cool. So I get to the billing department, and I'm being real cool. I'm not losing my temper. I'm not getting loud. In fact, I'm, I'm kind of joking with the people. And I think that's kind of the tech that you have to use a lot of times. Yeah. So I, I get the, the lady in the billing department. And uh, I tell her the situation. I'm like, you know, someone there didn't type 34308. They just typed 4308. And, uh, you know, it's showing that I'm $300 less than, you know, what it's supposed to be. She goes, well, that happens sometimes. It's it's pretty rare, but it does happen. Can you fax over a copy of, you know. What, the check? Yeah. I mean, the check that I sent you in the mail? Yeah. And I had a copy. Well, technically, I, I didn't pay it by check. I paid it by money order. Hmm. And I said, well, I have my stub. And she says, does it say on there how much was paid? And I said, well, yeah. Well, can you fax it to us? I'm like, I don't have a fax machine here. You guys are an internet yeah. provider. <laughs> Why, can I email this to you? Um, well, how are you going to email it to me? And I'm like, shit, she's right. Oh, now I just got to <laughs> put the explicit tag on the show. I'm like, shit, she's right. I don't have internet connectivity. So I'm sitting there, and I realize I'm talking to her on my iPhone. So I literally took a picture of my stub with my iPhone and emailed it to her over the edge network on my iPhone. Right on. <laughs> she got it, says she can see it, but she can't see the numbers. Oh, it's oh, not sure. sharp enough. But she believes me, so she's going to turn back on my service, but I have to provide this within a 24-hour period. So she turns on my television, turns on my internet. I scan in the stub and I email it to her. She replies to email, our security system won't let us see the, any attachments. <laughs> oh, nice. And I'm like, it, it's a JPEG. What? It, can you have someone from security come take a look and verify that it's a JPEG? Or just forward it to a Gmail account and look at it there or something? Nope, won't do that. So I literally posted it up at MyMac.com. No one's ever going to find it, of course. But I posted no, it. sent them the link. And sent them the link. It said, go here and look at it. There you go. And, and of course, she did. And she was like, oh, look, okay. And she was like, no one's ever done it this way before. I'm like, well, guys, because there's no other friggin' way for it that they'll accept it. I'm like, it, it's... Most, most, people don't, most people don't have their own website they can post right. pictures. <laughs> here, let fact, me just use my FTP here. In fact, uh, here, David, here, there's yours. I'll send it to you guys so you guys can actually see it. Um, Mark, I'll send you a text link. Oops. Uh, there, and then Geisra, where are you on this list here? I got a lot of people in my Skype. And it says right in the bottom of this stub, keep a copy of this stub for your records. And there it is. So now you guys can actually see um, <laughs> right there <laughs> what I faxed and I posted up on my web server so they can go and look at it. And then you know what she told me afterwards? She says, I don't know if the billing department will accept this. Ugh. And I'm like, they'll accept a crappy fax where everything's smudged together, but they won't accept 
a scan JPEG up on a website. Well, that could be photoshopped. I said, well, I could photoshop anything and and fax it to you. What difference does that make? It's unbelievable. I'm like, are you kidding me? That could be yeah. They, the point is that they've 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 got the money order number there. They could check with the money order company what the value of the actual money order was, couldn't they? From the number. Oh, absolutely. You can't, you can't fake that. All they have to do is basically get off their bi- behinds and actually do a bit of work. Yeah. Oh, heaven Bearing forbid. in mind they made the yeah. mistake there, in the there's, first place. There's the problem, right? There's the problem. Yeah, and it was totally their mistake. Somebody in the processing place didn't type in the three at the beginning. It's just like, well, can you can you fax it to us? That's what she kept coming back to. Can you fax it to us? No, I, it, this is 2000 and what? Right. Fax is so antiquated, you know? I'm, I need to go back and use 1985 technology to prove yeah, to the, you the, that I yeah, did the, something? It has to be on thermal paper. Yeah. In, the realms of, in the realms of legal and finance departments, the fax is still, because they have this thing about physical bits of paper, the fax is still king. Yeah. They're not really into it. I told the lady, I said, can't you just print your screen right now, that, that picture, and take that over to them? Oh, yeah, I could probably do that. <laughs> but I haven't heard back from them yet, so I don't know if they're going to accept that. Well, or... you're apparently you're apparently still online, so. Well, they did. They told me that they'll they'll turn it on for 24 hours. <laughs> um, it's just unbelievable, though. I mean, the onus is on me to prove that I paid it. Right. That you're not a crook. Right. Who would send them a payment if you owe three hundred and forty three dollars? Who would send them a payment for forty three dollars and six cents? And six cents. It's like you know what? Uh, it's obvious that cents. you guys made a mistake here. I'm not being a jerk. I'm not asking to talk to your supervisor or anything like that. I'm saying you guys made a mistake. I'm sending you a web page link with a copy. I'm emailing you a copy. Come on. Turn on the service and leave me alone, <laughs> because yeah. UVerse from AT and T is calling my name, Comcast. Mm-hmm. You're not doing yourself any favors right now. You're about to Some, lose a customer. Something tells me this won't be the last you hear of this particular problem. It better be. I better get an yeah. email from them tomorrow saying everything's fine and the billing department. Oh no, no, you'll you'll get that, and then what will happen is when you get your account next month, it'll still be wrong. Well, I already got. Uh, another bill because in this one uh, I actually got two days ago. I haven't opened it yet because you know I don't I don't owe I don't need to pay that yet. Yeah. Um, but I did open that after talking to him. And it says I owe five hundred and something dollars now, and I'm like, <laughs> geez, oh, Pete's there. I mean, you guys are so close to losing me as a customer right now. It's not even funny. But see, what? see, see over here we have we have some. I don't know when they have this in the states. It's called, we have something called direct debit. Where it actually just gets paid straight out of your bank account, you set that up. Oh yeah, and then yeah, you then, can do that here. Direct right. deposit, direct payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's one uh, of those things that I could set up here, but I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sending you a, a text. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So take over, David. So, yep. So I, I've got a story to tell. Something happened to me this week. Bring it. Um, do tell. We were, 
we were uh, we were shop- uh, my wife and I were shopping last weekend and we went to Toys R Us because we've got the baby coming and we were looking at baby things and as we were walking in right right by the front of the store there's the electronics and I always have a quick browse over even though it's Toys R Us and I see this yellow sign that says clearance items and it was just like a type sheet of paper and I, I look have a quick look down this thing and I see written on this piece of paper just the words 20 inch cinema display 99 pounds what <laughs> exactly which so that's at for, uh, for american listeners yeah so for Amer- for american listeners that's about 140 dollars hmm. so um i i called i called over this this guy you know um he, he was like this yeah <laughs> this 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 young sort of spotty guy and i say yeah. um this this What's this 20-inch cinema display? He says, he says, oh, I think it's a monitor. So I said, well, can I have a look at it? Uh, you know, I'm interested in buying it. And I said, is it an Apple one? He goes, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> so anyway, it took them ages to bring it out, but they brought it out, and it was a fully boxed uh, – the box was fairly beat up, but a fully boxed Apple cinema display, 20-inch cinema display. So I opened it up and had a look inside, and it was covered in fingerprints, but apart from that, it looked fine. And uh, so I, I kind of bit their hand off to buy this this oh, twenty yeah. inch screen. Yeah, well, I before, find, they real, uh, before they realized what a mistake they'd made. Exactly. Well, it, the thing is, what happened with Toys R Us about um, uh, two years ago? They started stocking Apple products, and they had Mac Minis, they had Cinema Displays, they had um, they didn't have any iMacs. They had a couple of uh, laptops. They had the MacBooks. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they would have just one table in the electronics department selling this stuff. And then around the other side of the table, there's all the iPods. Now mm. they've got rid of all the computers and they're just selling iPods. So obviously they've decided that the, uh, you know, because let's face it, who goes to Toys R Us to buy a Mac? Right. I do. I've so, been sitting around there for a while. <laughs> so, um, you know, so, the, yeah, so this is the thing. So I actually, yeah, I literally... Uh, Took their hand off to try try and buy this this screen. Got it home, and as I say, it had some fingerprints on it, but it's effectively brand new. Uh, wow. And wiped it down and got it got it set up, and it's absolutely fantastic. And so, how much? Uh, uh, one hundred forty dollars. Wow, that's awesome. Getting yeah. some kind of a buzz there. I don't know if you guys. Nope, could hear it just it disappeared. That. Yeah, I was hearing it. Okay. Um, going some back, echo too. Yeah, yeah. Going back to uh, my uh, USB stick adapter real quick yeah um that's our pick of the week for MacSales.com. if you have an older computer you need to get online and it's not going to be anywhere close by that you can you know just simply run a, a ethernet cable over to it this is a really nice product i'm i still have to write up my review but i'm going to honestly i'm going to give it a five out of five it does exactly what it's supposed to do setup was super simple you put in the cd and it has three different installers one for mac os 10.3, 10.4, and 10.5, right on one disk. Um, you simply plug it into your USB port, and I can say from personal experience, it works on USB 1.1, so if you have an old iMac, an old PowerBook, and you want to get it online wirelessly, this is a great solution. Um, but really makes it usable there. The one- exactly. One- you know what I need to do? I need to find out how much this is. Um, and I'm not even sure, so I'm going to go up to the... Oh, stop it. I know. I go to mymac.com that's, right now, and uh, that's the that's the max power one, is it? Yes. Uh, max power USB two point. Here we go. So that's twenty. That's twenty five dollars. Twenty. Oh man, that's just dirt cheap. Twenty five bucks to get an older laptop online. Let's say you've got uh, like a second or third generation iMac, 
and you never had the wireless airport card in it. Now, if you go up to eBay and try to find one of those wireless cards, they're like $100, and I'm not even kidding. First, yeah, the first-gen airport cards go for a lot of money. With this, you're probably going to get even better reception because this is newer technology <laughs> in both the yeah. sense of the words. Um, yeah, no pun, no pun intended. Yeah, and and you don't have to crack open your iMac to install it. You just plug Absolutely. it into a USB port. Now, you can't put it into a USB hub. You have to put it into the actual computer's USB hub, but every Mac has at least two, so you should be fine. Um so this would be a great computer. Say you've got a younger child in your house and you want them to get online. Obviously, it's a, that's a whole different discussion. But if you want to give them a computer that's online so they can chat with their friends or if they're younger and they want to go to nickjr.com and, you know, like my five-year-old, that's what she likes to do. She goes like Nick Jr. And uh, there's a, an acting guild website where big-name actors will actually read stories. And uh, she loves going to those. 25 bucks will repurpose that old Mac and give it a brand new life. It's really and, a great utility you, device, you know? And if you, if you do want a, a, a cheap laptop for doing that, I mean, obviously, if you go to someone like eBay, the, the, uh, the Macs that, set, that, that don't have those built-in airport cards, those are the ones that go for cheap because everyone wants the wireless. Uh, I'm so, telling you, Dan, you, know, you can go up to eBay right now and buy the third-generation iMac, which is still the G3, still the bubble-looking one. Yeah, and you can get one of those for less than 150 bucks. I've seen them up there for 79 dollars with free shipping. Yeah. So 79 bucks for that, 25 bucks for this. You're still looking at less than 110 dollars, and you've got a perfectly functioning machine. And that iMac will run Tiger, and yeah. you're online. Uh, it's a great machine. Why not do it? Yeah. Great value as well. Absolutely. And if if you know somebody in your family who's got an old iMac or something that they're not using anymore. 25 bucks, you can get it online. I mean, you can't beat that, I don't think. No. Now, obviously, this is a sales pitch from us to you because they're our sponsor for the show. And uh, we hope and we encourage you guys to go up there and buy products because it's a company we trust. And But more importantly than that, this is technology that will let you repurpose this old stuff. If you've got an old Mac, don't throw it away. Don't give it away. Use it. It's still great. And, and this is a cheap way of getting it online. So, David, you uh, sent me a email with listener question from uh, Pat Mahone. I did, yes. Um, we had a conversation this morning on Twitter. He was wondering what we we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, and he sent me a series of questions. Well, it was a series of Twitters, a series of tweets that made up a single question. So, uh, let me just pull that up and then I shall read out to you what he said. Okay. I've got it in front of me, so I'll read along with you oh. silently in my head. <laughs> Unless you want me to, to uh, Skype this over to you. Yeah, because you know what? I'm not seeing it in my, uh, in my email list. Okay. So, so what, what he wanted to know was, he was he's concerned about Mac users being neglected as Apple starts to focus more on consumer products. So he says, Apple has undeniable strength in the handheld consumer product range. It owns the MP3 and now the MP4 market with the iPods. Off the back of these, it launched the iPhone, and while at the moment it only touts one model of phone, Apple are eating to other companies' smartphone market share very quickly. That's certainly true. The nature of these everyday products being what they are, they seem to require yearly refreshes. Uh, 
So my question to the panel, do you think the Mac user, someone who uses regular PC computers over handhelds, will ultimately pay for Apple's product line increasing quicker than the company itself can grow by seeing less refreshes of existing lines in the near future? So he's worried that, you know, they're going to be so focused on the iPhone that, um, you know, they won't be revving the, the Macs. So what does everybody think? Go ahead, Guy. We'll start with you. Yeah, I don't think he has anything to worry about. Um, Apple has has kind of followed a schedule over the last couple of years where certain products are updated at you know certain times of the year. Um, I think that uh, that that there's there's really there's there's nothing here. He'll be fine. I don't think Apple's going to stop or delay refreshing certain products just because they're focused on you know whatever the latest shiny shiny is that they have coming out. I also think that you have to uh, take a step back and realize that both the iPhone um, and the Apple TV and the iPod, that all works with your Mac. That all this new technology that Apple's coming out with these handheld portable devices are still predicated on the fact that you're going to have a PC to connect it to. And obviously the, the, the best computer as far as Apple's concerned and in us here on the podcast is to connect that to a Macintosh. It's using Macintosh technology in these handheld devices. Um, less so the iPod than, and then the Apple TV and, and um, the iPhone, but uh, the Apple TV and the iPhone are essentially Macintosh computers as well. But I think that Apple has to, Keep it going. They they want the best laptops and desktops that they're to able connect, to make. Yeah, that they're able to make, but that expands on what you're doing on other platforms like the iPhone. Without the without the Macintosh or PC, the iPhone is just another cell phone, right? Uh, the whole thing about the iPhone right now is all the apps. Well, how do you get those apps? One way is over the air on the iPhone itself, but. The better way is to actually download them in iTunes on your computer because it's much easier to view and click and and sync. Yeah, and sync and you know you still have to sync your data. You still have to get it on there somehow, and the computer is still essential to that. Eventually, maybe it won't be, but right now it's definitely essential. And Apple still makes a ton of money off their computers, especially their laptop lines right now. Oh yeah, it's Tim. Tim, yeah. I think really, um, if you look at what Apple has done historically and what they're continuing to do. Really, they're always looking at the big picture, and they're always looking at products in terms of their ecosystem. How does any particular product, whether it be the iPhone, the Mac, the Mac Pro even, to a lesser degree, obviously, but, but all the portable products, how do they fit into their overall design? How do they fit into their overall plan for iTunes and delivering content, and how do they work together? They're, they're never so short-sighted that they don't, they don't look how each product can fit into that overall system, and I think that's that's what's going to keep the iPhone and the Mac working together and, and helping each other into the future. And I think, I think the other thing that reinforces that view is that if you think about it, the iPod was launched in 2001, and this, this concern when the iPod started to become popular was, was, you know, was raised back then. Before, this was way before the iPhone came along. But the, the question then was, oh, you know, will Apple get too diverse by selling music players to develop the Mac? And yet in, the four, in four years, uh, as the iPod became <coughs> a, a very big product for them, 
um, you know, they were they were moving from PowerPC to Intel. They were, um, you know, re-architecting their entire system, and also, you know, the operating system was was being developed on as well. So they've consistently sort of been able to keep consumer products and computing products working with each other and developing both of them hand in hand. So hopefully, they will continue to do that. Now we have seen problems in the past when. Uh, Leopard was delayed for what four months or something because of the yeah. iPhone development. Well, closer yeah. to six actually. I was think. it closer to six? I forget yeah. now. And that was because they pulled people off of Leopard to finish the iPhone. Um, but I think that's kind of a, a, a rare case. I don't think that's going to be. Th- that's the exception. That's not the norm. And one thing Apple's very good at is learning from their mistakes. So Absolutely. Uh, you wouldn't expect that to happen again. No, I wouldn't. Anyways, at least I hope not. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the reasons why the iPhone was brought out when it was. I mean, the ecosystem wasn't ready, you know, when they first started looking at it. And then once they had everything else entrenched, uh, iTunes and, and, a, and a delivery system, so forth and so on, it was the perfect timing to bring it out. And I think that's really the vision that Steve has brought to the company is that they're really forward thinking and looking at the ecosystem, not just uh, tunnel vision into one particular product. Yep, I agree. So, so I hope that's uh, put Pat's mind at rest. Um, although I did see Chris Seabolt up at Apple Matters today kind of posted the same thing, that Apple's neglecting their computer line, that it's been a long time since the iMac's been updated. Um, although I, w- I would question that, and I, I would challenge it. I would say that it hasn't really been that long that Apple updated the iMac line. Yeah, it was, it was October. Yeah. That's the last time yeah. they gave it a speed rev. I mean, that's if, it's not like yeah, if it's you stop been... and think about it, the the iMac. If you look at the iMac as it is right now, the other products have just now caught up to it in terms of the aluminum design, the black face bezel, all those things. That there's a lot of continuity amongst the product line. So now they're getting ready to rev the in, the internals on the iMac, and it's probably the right time. And I would also Chris say, is... go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, Chris's argument is kind of predicated on on a thesis that um, you know the MacWorld keynote was poor and didn't show any new products, um, and I I kind of have a bit of a problem with that because okay they didn't show new hardware except for the 17 inch MacBook Pro but you know they except they for launched, a three thousand uh, dollar computer <laughs> well, well yeah but but you know you could argue that's not particularly exciting you know it was just a 17 inch version of a previous computer but the point is is that they launched iLife they launched iWork and Really, in in the I think in the, in the mind of an awful lot of people who use use Macs nowadays, it is as much about the software as it is about the hardware. The the buzz you get from being able to do cool new things with a computer you already own is to me is just as much as exciting as getting some you know new piece of hardware. And let's face it, it's a lot cheaper as well. You know, here's the thing: how many people are tr- keeping track in the last time that Dell revved their line of computers? Please. Well, because you can't you can't even tell one from another. They all pretty much look alike. Well, you can say the same thing about the iMac, though. I mean, uh, last year's iMac well, looks yeah, a little different I mean, than it's, the one it's, it's the right difference now. between it's the difference between saying I'm buying an iMac or I'm buying a Dell Vistro model V three eight nine six one two. Exactly, and then when you also look at how many people complained that the Phil Schiller keynote was not very exciting. You know, with hindsight, I think it was a little bit more exciting than most people give it credit for. We got a brand new laptop um, with brand new technology. We're talking a 10-hour battery life on a 17-inch portable. Was it That's, 10 or was it 8? Uh, well, well I, I don't remember. Let's say 8. 
eight hours battery life in a 17-inch portable. Now, obviously, that's not what you're going to get if you're playing movies on it all day long. You're not going to get <laughs> eight hours. But normal use, eight hours. That's pretty damn impressive. If Sony came out with that, people would be talking about it for months and months if they were the only ones that had something like that. So that's yeah. pretty impressive. The new iLife suite is pretty damn fantastic, and I've only played with iPhoto so far. I'm still tagging people in iPhoto and loving it. It's it's <laughs> it's fantastic. Now, I can't say much about iLife, or I'm sorry, uh, iWork, because I don't have it yet. But the new iLife suite, at least as far as iPhoto is concerned, is simply fantastic. If they had yeah. never come out with iPhoto before, and this was the show that they released it brand new, people would be freaking out. But because we're so jaded and we're so used to the, oh my gosh, look at this, this is the coolest thing since sliced bread, I think that Mac users are a little bit jaded and they, they keep expecting something. Yeah, we're a little spoiled. We keep expecting something great and shiny every five minutes from Apple. Well, you know what? They just had a record quarter at a time where everybody else was losing their Big ass. crap. Yeah. Yeah. They're selling not- billions of iPhones, billions of iPods. Their laptop sales are through the roof. Come on, people. Relax a little bit. Apple doesn't have to have the shiny brand new every two months just to keep Chris no. Siebold happy. And I think it's only a fairly small, um, you know, proportion of Mac users who actually think like that. I think there's an awful lot of people, you know, the the millions of people who are buying these laptops over the last two, three years, you know, they, they're, they're not... Yeah, they're happy, and they're not as interested in the in the keynotes and the launches, and the, you know, they they just these are the guys who go down to the Apple Store every few weeks and they buy software. They want to do things with their computers, not buy another computer. Exactly. And those are the guys who, you know, get a kick out of getting, uh, you know, iPhone nine and and uh, iWork and being able to do uh, all the cool things you can do with those bits of software. That being said, um, as at least as far as the Mac Mini, it does need an update. No yeah. question. Um, and I think we're going to see that soon. And I spoke to somebody the other day, and we were talking about uh, – this is my mother-in-law. And she's got the first-gen Mac Mini, um, and I suggested to her she might want to switch to an Intel one because she needs to do, run a couple of Windows programs. But I said, but don't buy one now. Leave it a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah wait until at least the end of March, I would say. Yeah. That Absolutely. NVIDIA chip to get in there. Yes. Yeah. Once it gets well, the new assuming Mac- that assuming that that's what it's going to have. Well, if you historically look back, the yeah, it's typically the Mac like Mini, the MacBook. Right? Yeah, it's it's basically a MacBook squared, um, and I think that that's going to happen relatively soon, unless Apple's looking at some kind of a new consumer electronics product that takes the place of the Apple TV and the Mac Mini. But let's not go there right now. We do have some other feedback that uh, I've neglected for a while. This was back from show two twenty four. If you guys remember, we were talking about older computers and stuff. And uh, we did get some feedback from uh, Mark Dye, and we'll have uh, Mark Rudd read Mark Dye's feedback. And I remember that show. That was, I think, when we were celebrating the anniversary, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Kind of all waxing eloquent. Or, Absolutely. You know, about our old Macs and so forth. So Mark writes in, while you guys were gushing about the early Macs, it took me back to how much I loathed them. <laughs> that's not a good starting. No, that's not a good start there. I started. I, ha- with I hate the, them already. <laughs> I started with the Franklin Ace 1000 in 1981, mostly because it had 64K of RAM and a numeric keypad on the keyboard. What was the point of what was the point of VisiCalc without a keypad? That's true. I'll agree with it, him there. That's absolutely true. 
it beat the Apple II and II Plus hands down. Well, as far as the hardware maybe, but not software. Yeah, exactly. Moved on to the Franklin Portable, two five-and-a-quarter floppies, a seven-inch green screen, and a 20-watt power supply with a full keyboard. App, uh, with, while Apple fooled around with the 2C... Of course, that Franklin weighed about 25 pounds. <laughs> so, and so he continues, after Apple killed the clones for the first time, I bought a Waz edition to GS and set about populating a one meg, he had a lot of patience, card with 32 256K wow. RAM chips. Okay. That's, that's a lot. Wow. That's a lot. The 2GS ran circles around those underpowered hothouse plants uh, like the 128 and 512K Macs. They did. Shortly, our user group split into Mac and Apple sections that met separately and never talked to each other. Now, that's sad. <laughs> we, knew, we, we knew Western Digital was working on the 65832 chip, which would keep us well ahead of the Mac. It wasn't to be, and I wouldn't go over to the dark side until the PowerBook 195. So Apple is the dark side. The Mac side is the, is the dark side. It was side. the dark side. Yeah. Uh, the PowerBook 195. I just want to let you know, not all of us thought the Mac was the second coming. No, and that's absolutely true. When, when Apple introduced the Macintosh, and for a few years thereafter, the Apple II was still kicking its butt in sales. And as passionate as we are about the Macintosh platform now... Uh, and more so probably in the 90s than we are now, um, people were just as passionate about the Apple II, and they hated the Macintosh, mostly, I think, because they saw the writing on the wall that this was the future of Apple. And it was only a matter of time before Apple was going to kill off the two, to the Apple IIs. And, and, focus I, on the and, and I know exactly what he's talking about. I mean, I had a 2GS, and that was a great little machine. <laughs> it uh, it did a lot. And that the thing that you're talking about is, is really relevant. When when the first Mac came out, the amount of software that was available, you know, was really nil. Whereas there was still a pretty healthy development on the side of the Apple II product. Oh, are you kidding me? There was there was so much for the Apple II in yep. education, yep. and, and a lot of people think that when the Mac came out, the education market jumped on it. They didn't. They were mired in the Apple II because that's where all the education software was. If you wanted to play computer games. It was the Apple II. That's exactly. uh, before PC gaming became PC gaming. It was Macintosh, or I'm sorry, it was the Apple II. That's where you played games on. There was fantastic titles for the Apple II. If if you go back in history and you look at what was available for the Apple II at its height, which was right around the time the Macintosh came out in '84, right. there was fantastic software out there for it that nothing on the Macintosh could meet. Now, I mean, I was at Apple at that point, yeah. and they, they used to give software away. I mean, they'd let us employees go in. They'd have all these software titles in a big room, and certain days of the month, you could just go in there and take all these titles, everything that you wanted. I mean, I had so much software for the two, it was unbelievable. Yep, and the Mac couldn't even come close to competing. Now, of course, it was the usability of the Macintosh that moved it ahead of the Apple II. Not everybody wanted to sit in front of a, 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 this screen with green text, and it was horrible. Exactly. You know, you didn't want to have to program your computer just to use your computer. And that's what the Macintosh brought to the table. So I understand why a lot of the Apple II guys back in the day looked at the Mac as the dark side. I don't blame them. We do that now with the Windows PC because we know how much better the Mac platform is in the PC side. We, we get a chuckle when we listen to other podcasts that are 
talking about how great, you know, Windows, what is it, 9, 8? I forget what it is. 7. 7, whatever. 7. Uh, how great it's going to be and how much of an improvement it is over Vista. And we just kind of chuckle because we're like, well, you know, that's fine. I, I think I'll stick with the Mac. Thank you very yeah. much. Um, well, I mean, it's interesting well, to, and, to and hear still the making, dynamic. They're still you know? making the same mistake where they're going to have six different versions. Right. Yeah, well, Microsoft will never learn. Uh, there's more to that email, though. Yeah, so continuing then his, his last little paragraph. On a different topic, how do you guys feel about Apple's overpriced proprietary cables? Another thing we also talked about on that uh, podcast as well. Um, power supplies and sealed-up batteries. It just kind of leaves a bad taste to know that they're screwing us on these while they've given up on RAM and hard drives where there is competition. Well, go ahead, David. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I... I, com- I I have a little bit of sympathy, but I don't completely agree with the sentiment that they're that Apple's screwing us. I've bought plenty of cheap uh, power adapters and cables and stuff like that from people who've been in are. the past. And cheap is what they are. They you can use them once or twice and then they break. Yep. If you right. go and yeah. buy one of those things from Apple, they don't break. They they work. They work. And uh, you know you see. You see stuff that that's that you know has been bought like that from Apple and is sold a few years later on eBay secondhand and it still works and it still commands okay. a premium. But let's and let's, all- let's pick that apart by piece by piece, then, David. What what proprietary cables is he talking about? Is he talking about MagSafe? You think? Uh, I well, I'm, I presume he's he's kind of uh, pointing the finger at the kind of the DVI two um, mini display port adapter that's but that's just been not proprietary. I mean, you know, there there's going to be other companies that because DVI or I'm sorry, the the display port is an open standard. That's not an open. That's not an Apple technology. Well, I think the mini display port is kind of like Apple's variant, and I don't know how open it's going to be. Whether you have to license, they, they've um, actually said they're going to license it. Yeah. Yeah, so there, you're going to see third-party stuff from that. But if, if going back to the MagSafe, yes, they are expensive. Yeah. But yes, they're a godsend. I love MagSafe. Absolutely. How yeah. many times my PowerBook G4 almost got dumped to the floor because one of my kids tripped in the cables, or I did, which is probably right. you know ten times more often. <laughs> <laughs> Even when the cable was underneath my desk, my foot would hit it, and my laptop would scoot to the back of the table because you know I just about yanked it off the table. I love the MagSafe. It's one of those technologies that is completely overlooked, I think, by the majority of Mac users out there that are using portables. The MagSafe is a fantastic piece of technology, and I wish Apple would put them in everything from laptops to iMacs to Mac Pros to Mac Minis. I love it. It's great. It works. And um, there's been some problems in the past. I had a problem with one myself. But, man, it's it's just fantastic technology. And I don't want it to be just uh, an Apple invention. But you know what? They put the time and the effort into it. They get to benefit. Well, not only that, but using MagSafe, say, on some of their other, some of their other products, like maybe the Mac Mini or even the iMac, would mean that they could make those products even smaller because they don't have to accommodate a power supply and fans and everything else required to keep them cool inside of the enclosure. Yep, absolutely. And now if if we looked up the sealed-up batteries topic, and we kind of touched upon that as far as laptops were concerned a few minutes ago, but let's take that to the portable realm as far as iPods and iPhones. iPhone. Mm -hmm. Now, I can totally understand why somebody might be upset if their battery dies in their iPhone. It's their telephone. They want to switch the, you know, put a new battery in it. 
I would ask how many people out there who has a, a cheap cell phone actually has another battery for it. Yeah. You don't. You have the one no. that's in there. And if it dies, sure, it's nice that you can run over to Radio Shack or Walmart or Target and buy a replacement battery if they have it because there's only like, I don't know, 5 billion different phones and every one of them <laughs> yeah. uses a different stupid battery. Exactly. But uh, beyond that, how often do you actually open up the battery door on your cell phone? Very, very rare. And those who do, and they do it often, those stupid little clips that hold the battery thing on there, they're always cheap. They always end up breaking. My daughter's flip phone, her little battery case thing broke. So we had to get an external case to put on her phone to keep the battery door closed. So as far as not you know user replaceable batteries in these handheld devices i i could see both sides of the argument but you know what Don't it's care. so rare that you actually have to change a battery in one of these yep. things and if you do and it's in if you've got apple care just go into apple and they'll do it for you no problem and when when the iPhone first came out, everyone made a really big deal about that. But um, oh well, it doesn't seem to have slowed iPhone sales at all. And I don't I don't hear people complaining about it now from current users. Do you? No, I've got well, an iPhone. Same, and I don't care. Same thing. Same thing with iPods. They, iPod you know, Touch. They, they make they make the same kind of argument with with iPods. With oh, it doesn't have a uh, doesn't have a memory slot or it doesn't have like you know what? And it's still selling millions more than any other ones out there. <laughs> it's not even in the same realm. No. Yeah. And see, that's a, that's that's one of the design choices that Apple has made. You know, by putting a permanent battery, um, expertly designed and placed in it just in the right way, they can shave a, a, a few millimeters of thickness off, and they can also have a controlled environment that they know exactly what's in there, how it's working. It's not some cheap battery. It's not something that's not going to perform according to what how, how they've planned it to perform. So, I mean, that's that's a choice that they make in order to control their product and give you a something that's been designed from soup to nuts to perform exactly how they've designed it to perform. And it's also a choice that we consumers make. There's nobody out there holding a gun to your head saying you have to buy an iPhone or you have to buy an iPod or you have to buy the 17-inch MacBook Pro with not usable replacement batteries Exactly. Nobody's saying be. that you have to. Yeah. There should be. No <laughs> one is saying that you have to do that. We make that choice knowing that that's the, the case. way it is. And we still make that choice. Why? Because yeah. it's a superior product. Right. That's right. There's the nothing only, better. The, the only, the only, the only point I would slightly agree with the listener is um, there has been a, a trend over time for Apple for to eliminate packings with the computers. So in times gone past, you used to get uh, a, some adapter cables. You might get a DVI to VGA or something like that. You might Maybe get a modem well, cable yeah. in in with the computer, and now. Uh, you don't get those, uh, you know, with the iPhones and the and the iPods. You don't get the docks anymore. You just get the cable. And bearing in mind that these are premiumly priced products with a fairly high profit margin, um, you could you could you, I have some sympathy with the with the sort of attitude that Apple are maybe taking yeah. advantage of the consumer slightly there. I can but, I do have some sympathy there, but yet again, it doesn't stop us from buying the no, products. and and I'll say this, David. Um, when I bought my iPhone, it came with a dock. I never, ever use it. Never use it. When I charge my yeah. iPhone, it's laying flat on my table with a power plug plugged into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing with my iPods. With all those extra adapters and crap that I used to get with my laptops, I never used any of it. Never. The only time I needed to, to use an adapter was for a um, G5 when I went to my old... 
when I bought the newer G5, it didn't plug into my old uh, cinema display, the, the what do you call it, the clear one. Uh, yeah. It didn't have the same plug in it. So I had yeah. to go buy a plug. But I don't expect Apple to supply me with every possible adapter that I may or may not need. And quite honestly, Apple probably did the market research and found out the vast majority of, of laptop users were never using those adapters. Yeah. So why continue to supply them at a great cost to them when you start adding up how many they're actually selling compared to, okay, we'll just offer it as a, an add-on buy for 15, 10, 10, 15, 20 bucks on our website. And, and if you look at how many people are buying and how many that they're actually selling, I bet it's a very small number. So I think Apple probably, from a business standpoint, made the right decision. And from a personal standpoint, I never use that stuff hardly ever anyways. Yeah. Well, they clearly made a decision on most first-gen, like for instance, like what you're talking about, Tim. The first-gen iPhone, you know, it was a premium-priced product, but they added in a few extra little things with it being the first-gen. Then the second-gen, 3G, you don't get any of those things, and they reduced the size of the connector, the adapter, and, you know, they reduced a lot of it, but then they also reduced the price down. So, If, if, if Mark Dye wants to talk about getting screwed over, I paid five ninety nine for my iPod <laughs> or my iPhone. <laughs> They're, they're one ninety nine now, okay? That's being screwed over. But you know what? I'm not bitter. I love my iPhone, and I don't regret for a second spending that kind of money for it. I love it. In fact, I'm starting to think I might want to go with a, a 3G eventually um, just because of there's a lot of software out there that takes advantage of the, the GPS chip that I can't do right now. And it would be really kind of cool if I could have uh, those capabilities in my iPhone. But... Still, and all, I, you know, I spent five ninety nine for my iPhone. I don't feel ripped off. So, do you do you feel, Tim? In Mark's last statement, he said, "While they're giving up on RAM and hard drives, where there is competition." In other words, is he saying? Do you believe he's saying that Apple's lower that's the price one area, on? That's, yeah, that's one area on with Apple. You know, you're crazy to buy an upgrade. For your hard drive, or even for your RAM, from well, Apple. well, well, that depends on the machine. No, what he's saying is, um, Apple's gone industry standard with hard drive connections and stuff, and same thing with RAM. Yeah. Um, at least that's what I'm assuming that he's saying. But Apple did that, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. That, that's nothing new, and those have to be user replaceable on a computer. You have to be able to upgrade your hard drive uh, because they fail; they're mechanical. And well, people, you, can't, you can't you can't on an iMac not <laughs> not by yourself and not void your warranty. Right, but that's yeah, that's true. But and people, people want to buy it from them anyways because right. if you look at the prices of for their RAM or their hard drive, what you can get from newer tech or, <laughs> or a number of our sponsors, I a mean, lot you right. well, yeah, but it, it's relatively easy to replace the RAM in any Mac. Now, where it starts to get a little iffy is when you get into the hard drive space on iMacs and. On previous gen MacBook Pros, and well, and like first gen MacBooks, I believe, you could not easily replace the hard drive without voiding your warranty. Yep. Now, in my in my two point one six twenty four inch iMac, which is now what two and a half years old, that came with a two hundred and fifty gigabyte drive, which was just you know not big enough for all the stuff that I do. So but it I probably started, was big enough for the vast majority of people who were buying that machine. Sure, sure, and I ended up going because I, I have Apple Care on this on this computer. I ended up having to go to a, um, a computer reseller, you know that that 
was Apple certified and have them replace my internal drive with a one gigabyte so that I didn't void my warranty. Even though, you know, I mean, I've been a technician since 1979. I could have easily done it, but I, I don't want to lose that money. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, yeah. I think it's time to wrap up the show. Uh, if for those who try to get onto the Ustream tonight, again, we so apologize. It just wasn't happening. Um, I don't think it's anything to do with my internet connection because Skype's working flawlessly for me, chatting with, you know, David Cohen in the UK, uh, Guy in, in Virginia on the East Coast, and Mark on the West Coast in California. And it's, I haven't the heard any interruptions. So. You know, it happens sometimes, technology being what it is. Um, there's going to be an occasion that we're not going to be able to do the live chat on Ustream. Tonight was one of those nights. I do regret it because I love doing the live chat. I love having that interaction with our audience. And uh, it's something that, you know, we're definitely going to keep trying to do. But if it's going to be a problem in the future, you know, we're just going to stop doing the uh, the live chat if we have the problem. So. Uh, I do want to thank our sponsor again, Otherworld Computing, and I do want to remind everyone listening to go up to iTunes and rate and review the show so we could boost those up a little bit. Uh, quickly, what's going up at MyMac.com? We've got a really lot of great content. Did you guys watch Rich Lefko's video review of the uh, Mophie hard case for yeah. iPod yeah, Touch? Yeah, it was great. Yep, he's going to do more of those, too. So Excellent. We're going to... We're going to add some video to some of the upcoming reviews, too, that we're working on, so look for that. Yep, we're going to do a lot more video stuff. I think that uh, it's it's easy to do nowadays, and we'll host them on YouTube, but we'll probably continue to provide a download link to a higher-quality version if you want to view it that way. I, I've debated with myself whether I want to take these videos that we're doing the re video reviews on and putting them in the podcast feed so anybody that subscribes to our podcast will automatically get the video, but I think we're going to hold off doing that. Um because the the podcast is just not the website, and the website's not the podcast, so we'll kind of keep those two separated. Although I did uh, uh, almost do it this time because I, I just really like this review. So go up to mymac.com and take a look at that video review. Gil Polson of CNN fame. Do you guys all watch that video of of Gil on CNN? That no, was great. I didn't see it. No, I didn't say that. Yeah. You want to explain it, Mark? Well, basically, Gil has a Mac museum. And uh, CNN was, this all took place on the, the 25th anniversary, and so they were looking for some content to talk about the 25th anniversary, and they came across Gil and uh, actually had him online, and were talking to him while they were kind of showing pictures of his Mac Museum, where he has all the different models, and, and he was talking about it. It was a great interview. Just uh, You can do a search, I'm sure, and find it either on YouTube. It's, a, it's listed up at MyMac.com. I posted it yeah. up there. There you go. Um, although I, I don't know where it's at at this point, it's somewhere up on the site. <laughs> yeah. Just go back through the through the blog site and you'll find it. And, and uh, uh, he was talking to them on the telephone, but he turned on the uh, the video camera on his Mac so they could see his picture. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um. Anyways, Gil Polson did a uh, app review of Apples to Oranges. David Weeks did a review of the really great uh, Etymotic. HF5 High Fidelity Noise Isolating Earphones. I don't like earphones myself, the ones that get stuck way in your ear. I just, uh, I don't like them. Uh, and I do have a pair of these. I think it's, isn't these the pair that you want, Mark? HF2s, yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got these. No, do, do I have the HF2 or the HF5? Well, I think the HF2. I've got the HF2. I can see it up yeah. there still in the box. i, I got to send that out to you one of these days. <laughs> Nope. I'll send it the same time I send Guy Searle his uh, portable My hard drive. My 320 gigabyte hard drive. <laughs> Which, by the way... Um, Text in the mail. If, if I remember to erase it, Guy, I will. 
but I actually had to erase that hard drive, so I had to reformat it. Oh, that's um, fine. Because my daughter there wasn't was, anything on it. Well, my daughter was freaking out because she um, didn't want to lose. Her she stuff. didn't want to lose her stuff, and she didn't trust the time machine backup. So yeah, I just cloned. I, I just did a time machine backup to that drive, and it uh, it was like that morning I had to get going, and I think it took like less than an hour to back up her entire drive yeah, to that. Yeah, rather Actually, than over Tim, the network. Please, please do erase it because you sending me all of your daughter's pictures just seems kind of creepy. Yeah, that is a little creepy, isn't it? <laughs> Neil Monks, who doesn't contribute a whole lot at MyMac.com, but when he does, it's oh, you know it's going to be something great. He did a review of uh, Adam Inc.'s book, Take Control of Buying a Mac. And we're going to get Neil on the show here pretty soon to talk about older Macs because I really enjoyed him and David Cohen talking about the Desert Island stuff. Um, that was for, what, show 200? Yeah, it was. Wow, that was a while ago now. Um He's got one of those voices that, and I don't say this because he's English, because I'm not so impressed with that anymore with having David Cohen so long on the show. Um, but he does have a very rich voice. I, I, I like listening to him. Very cool. Uh, I did a review of Adobe Photoshop CS4. Uh, I gave it high marks, but there's a lot of uh, minor quibbles, and some of them not so minor, that I didn't see any other reviews of the product. Um, talked about much, which is kind of funny because, you know, I took about, what, two months to do my review, and almost every other review of Adobe Photoshop CS4 had already come out, uh, had already come out but it came out within days of the product actually being released. Hmm. Hmm. How about that? Hmm. You, you would almost imagine that they only played with it for a little bit before they wrote their review. Or they cut and paste a lot of the product information from the uh, brochures. Yeah, I, I saw that on a few websites myself. But I ran into some pretty major problems that I actually talked to uh, Adobe about. And uh, one of them was how it broke my workflow opening up legacy files, legacy being CS3, which is an 18-month-old product. Ouch. Um, that it just wasn't working. They showed me the workaround. But you know what, guys? If it's legacy files... Why are you breaking up my artwork into the, your new artboard? Leave Without it alone. Without asking. Without, give me a button be that says open all legacy files as legacy files or in CS3 format. Or you know, ask me if you want to convert it over to the new crap. I don't. This is going to be a major problem for a lot of production houses that do packaging work. When you go to open an old packaging file, the last thing you want it to do is update it and change stuff around. So... Um, I, I won't say Adobe's real happy with my review. <laughs> Basically, they said, uh, thanks, Tim. We, we always value your input in future versions. In other words, gee, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't real happy. But, you know, I, I got I to call it the way I see it. Exactly. Uh, Donnie Yankelo did uh, three iPhone games, or iPod Touch, if you will, uh, for an app review. You guys notice I, I use a new graphic for that? Oh yeah, Death, deathly silence. I, I'm I'm going to start doing that. Hey I'm Tim, gonna, yeah. Hey, it's got a new graphic on it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Looks I great. I heard that from somewhere. Instead of just having reviews, because MyMac.com is doing Mac stuff and iPhone, iPod Touch, um, I want something up there that you could quickly see. This is going to be an app review for the iPhone. Mm-hmm. So I put a little generic iPhone app or a generic iPhone graphic on there. And it's my Mac app review now for those. So it's quickly, it's just a way that you could quickly see that it's, this is for the iPhone, this is what I'm interested in. And it's still going to be my Mac review for anything that's not iPhone, iPod related. Oh, we just lost Mark. 
Uh, we're going to wrap up the show in a second anyways. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least is Mark Seeley's review of FileMaker Pro 10. Really, really good, thorough review. You could tell he actually used the product a lot, and he's a FileMaker expert. So um, one less review that I have to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I would say if you guys want to hear bad words, my video pick of the oh, day for oh, yeah. the 10th of February <laughs> is was definitely fun. worth watching. That that cracked for me that up. For that Sony piece of beep, 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 beep. Yeah, well, if you beeped it, you wouldn't hear hardly anything because they yeah. they really good. That was great. I believe that was from collegehumor.com. But no, uh, The Onion. Oh, the it onion. was The Onion. Okay, yeah. thank you. It was from The Onion. And, it, and you know, a great I, haven't, video. I haven't seen any of their stuff for a while. It looks amazing now. It is. The, the Onion's they, really I mean, got some money. They give CNN a run for their money. They do. Absolutely. The production value is fantastic. And yeah, and it looked like a real news show. I mean, well, up, yeah. up until the time the guy started cursing and calling it Sony's latest piece of. Well, that was like the first five seconds of the show. Yeah. Though. I mean, yeah. Um, and and you guys want to talk about what we were talking about earlier about recording? Can, you guys want to okay. mention that and see if we yeah. can get some feedback? We yeah, we're, we're thinking we're thinking about doing something different. Um, we're thinking about maybe, uh, uh, you know, we'll still do the weekly podcast, which will be a, a Mac-focused podcast. We're which thinking you're about doing something to else right as now. Well. And, yeah, and, and, we'll, and this show will shorten in length. Each my yeah. Mac podcast will be an <laughs> hour enjoy or that less. As it is. Yeah, probably will be an hour or less every week. So th- this show won't change other than the length of time. That's and, right. And it'll we'll, be much more focused. Yeah, but what we'll do is also we'll do another show, um, and may may not be on on my Mac, may may come up somewhere else, may just be in iTunes, and and this would be something that's a bit more broad, a bit more you know still geeky, um, but you know might talk about TV, might talk about movies, might talk about comics, a, a real um, geeky you know. geek show, you know, yeah, um, you know, just it, it could be anything. You know, and, and and the reason we're talking about this, and it's not that we don't like talking about Max. We do, obviously. We just went almost yeah. an hour and a half on the subject tonight, and yeah. we didn't even touch about what the weekly news is at all. No, but, it wasn't much. Well, but even if there was, guy, this happens quite a bit on our show that we'll just start talking about what we find interesting rather than the topic of the week. Um, yeah. We we have other interests. I would love to be able to talk about music. Um, I would love to be able to talk about video games. Like, yeah. for instance, right now I've been playing um, Lego Batman. My, and my, this is, like, amazing to me. My wife is addicted to Lego Batman on the PS3. <laughs> she is addicted to the game. And it, it's amazing to me. This is not, yeah. you know, a, a Wii bowling or a Wii workout game that I, I can see her playing, and she does. This is Lego Batman. This is using a regular video game controller running around beating people up and stuff. And she's addicted to it. She loves it. She was up to almost one in the morning last night playing it. I mean, this is... Lego this is, Batman. Yes. And this oh, is yeah, like, it's a good, it's a, Lego Batman's a great game. We all sit, The three of us, we all sit around. We, we've got it on the Wii. And we'll sit around and, we, and you know, I'll be playing and they'll, they'll be... You know, my my son and my wife will be be saying, "Well, maybe you should go there," and they'll be trying to solve the puzzles and yeah. you know, figuring out how to how to do do it, to get onto the next bit of the game. You know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, how do we get but that, the, but that this, little hidden room up there? There's a way we can get that's in there. Right, that's, yeah. that's, we got to figure it but this out. This is the, this is the thing. I mean, <laughs> if you listen to the to the live stream, you you often hear some of this. You know, yeah. we we spend twenty minutes before we start recording, and normally 
often up to an hour after we finish recording talking about this stuff. And I think that the people that are listening at home that regularly listen to this podcast would be just as interested in those conversations as well that have nothing to do with, well, not necessarily have anything to do with technology or the Mac or the iPhone or the iPod or nothing Apple. It's just geeky stuff, just fun. Yeah. Now, Guy, we did a show like this for a while. Well, sort of. We, we, it was called Dung Bowlers, and we did it for three episodes. Um, but this is what we're kind of looking for, and we're really looking for feedback from uh, a few of you. If you guys would enjoy a show like that, it would be the same people that you're hearing on the show every week, but it wouldn't be talking about Max. Um, and, and honestly, there would be no ads in it. <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> that would want to sponsor it. Uh, and it might be a little bit more raw in that uh, a swear word might pop out every now and then. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm really interested in doing this. The only way we're going to be able to do that is if we record the other show every other week, which would predicate us recording two MyMac podcasts at one time. Um, And I don't think that's a problem because we've really moved away from the news aspect of of Mac podcasting over the last year or so. And I don't think we have to have the timely, we got to talk about what's going on this week. Unless show. it's something really big. Right, unless it's something real big. And then, of course, we're obviously going to talk about it. Um, but I think that I, I personally really want to do this, guys. Um, so I'll leave it up to you guys. If you guys, if this is something that you guys want to do as well, I'm not going to do it without you guys doing it with me. Um, because it would be just as much your show as mine. Yeah, that sounds like good. But, you know, I do want to hear from the listeners out there if this is something you guys are interested in listening to. Although, quite honestly, guys, um, if we do it and we don't have the huge audience like we do on the MyMac podcast, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think it would be fun just to, uh, uh, you know, listen to back myself years later. And uh, Well, know. as an example, you could, you could, you could um, use the, the little chat that you, Chad, and I had in my hotel room. When I came up for the hundredth episode, yeah, exactly, and, and I mean, that's what it how would many be about. how many episodes did we get out of that four? Yeah, I four think? or five, and that was yeah, yep. But it, it would definitely be a different show, and it wouldn't be every week. Obviously, it would probably be you know once or twice a month that you would actually get one of those new shows. But we could talk about anything. Mark, obviously, you know what we're talking about, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. So this From is before. this is something that we're looking at. We'd like to get your guys' feedback on. Uh, you can either Twitter us your information, what you think about it, uh, Twitter, MyMac, or just, I'm sorry, uh, MyMac is me on Twitter. Uh, what are you on Twitter, Mark? Uh, MyMac08. Ooh. Guy Searle? Yeah, Mac Parrot. And David Cohen. I am David B. Cohen on Twitter. So that's all of our Twitter handles. Follow us on Twitter. Let's have some conversations. Give us ideas and- on what you think about uh, the other show and this show. And one oh, quick actually, reminder. Co- correction. <laughs> my Mac Mark 08. <laughs> my Mac Mark 08. Okay. Um, you one quick reminder. Um, send me an email with watermelon in the title to davidcohen at mymac.com. And the first one I get off the podcast, I will uh, hook you up with a, an iPhone or a nano case. If you're in Europe. Uh, well, yeah. if, 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 if it's in the States, I'm probably not too bothered. It's only a case. <laughs> what a guy. Mars. It's just a case. <laughs> Marcus. So we're going to wrap up the show now at the uh, hour and 30-minute mark. <laughs> the 
this was going to be a short well, one. You, I think. you, make, you, make, you make it sound like that's unusual. I know. Me. It's it's pretty much the standard. And and honestly, Guy, if we broke this show up into two separate shows, I don't think that the listeners would definitely or would uh, would mind that. No, well, I mean, you could you could almost do like a twice a week show with what we do, kind of the kind of stuff we do. Absolutely, but yeah. that's not what we're going to do. <laughs> no. One day a week is more than enough. But I can't justify to my wife doing a second show on a different day. So the only way we're going to be able to do another show is if we break up the MyMac podcast into two shows per recording. So got to use the same amount of time and the same recording time of the week and that way but just do more content. Right, it would be uh, a much more condensed focused show and it would be an under an hour per show. So that's Sounds what we're good. looking at. Uh definitely again send us your feedback tim at mymac.com and I'll share it with the guys. And for Mark, Guy, and David, we're out of here. After I hit the microphone stand, that was great. <laughs> All right. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast. <laughs>